Podman Podcast with Andy Case and special guest. Hello and welcome to the Bond Mode Podcast. This week, Rosie Holt is answering the questions while I sound witty and amazing in response, sort of. And with that, over to Rosie. Uh, hello, I'm Rosie Holt. Um, my favourite song, I think, is um, White Town, Your Woman, which I, th- I can't, can't remember when it came out. Did it come out in the 90s? It's got to be 90s, hasn't it? Yeah, it's one of those songs that I keep um, coming back to. I mean, there's lots of um, very good people I like, like Leonard Cohen and stuff, but that, that song seems to be the one that I sometimes I'll just sit and I'll go, do you know what I need today? I need Your Woman by White Town. Um, oh, that's an old classic, that is, blimey. Yeah, it was a one-hit wonder. It was, yeah. They never did a... Well, they might have done something else, but it didn't do very well. Um, book is the... Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> oh wow! Now you see, you've ramped it up now from White Town. <laughs> yeah, Count of Monte Cristo by Dumas is. Um, have you read it? I have. Yeah, many years it's, ago. I, uh... I think it's amazing. I could. I mean, it's massive. I read it in lockdown because yeah. I'd always kind of wanted to, but it always seemed so big. I thought no. And then, obviously, in COVID lockdown, when you've got time, you go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to tackle that massive book. But I couldn't put it down. I was absolutely addicted to it. I thought it was so uh, exciting. I wanted to know what was going to happen. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I yeah. love it. But it's funny oh. that there's... It's funny asking the kind of favourite book question because I think it depends where you are in your life. Um, sure. yeah. You know, like, for ages... Uh, it's it's such a cliche, but I adored Wuthering Heights. I remember reading that and and going, oh, I I thought this was just going to be some sappy romance, and then it's just so dark and uh, gothic and um, and and about and and yes, it's sort of romantic, but it's really about these two really nasty characters. You yeah, just inflict yeah. pain on each other and other people. And I, I was fascinated by it. So I was really sort of fascinated by that book for a long time. So I kind of go through phases with books. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, it's Count of Monte Cristo. That's my favourite book. I think, I think that's a good point. It is time-dependent. Obviously, had had I been interviewing you when you were six, I imagine if you'd said Count of Monte Cristo, I'd probably gone, I don't believe you. Or you'd have gone, I'm in the presence of a genius, which you still well, are doing. <laughs> but I'm no longer six. Uh, for people, obviously, this isn't a video, but I am just constantly bowing and worshipping uh, the mighty Rosie Holt here. So just take that as verbatim. That's happening all the way through. Thank this you. Yeah, it's just continual bowing. It's distracting, <laughs> but I'm dealing with it. <laughs> you are dealing magnificently with it. Yeah. Um, Favourite film is... Again, you see, this is a film... It might not be the best film I've seen, but it's the film I keep coming back to. Though I do think it's very good... And that is Scream. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Perfectly good choice. I really love it so much. I went to see it at the um, Prince uh, Charles Cinema um, last year. Yeah, um, that would have been I th- fun. I think I went with, I think I went with John Robertson, you know, the comedian John Robertson, yeah. and I um, he'd never seen it, and I was, I said, I'm, you've never seen Scream. 
So we went and it was uh, it was brilliant. I can I've seen that film so many times. I don't know why I love it so much. I think I've always had a real weakness for horror comedies. Yeah. Um from you know um recent ones like Ready or Not to uh, the 80s like Evil Dead trilogy. Yes. I I I um I love all those films. But um yeah, there's something about the mix of horror and comedy that really is just my sweet spot. But Scream I think does it better than anything. And also with Scream you you care about the characters, the reveal is good. I like all the Scream s- sequels, but they're not they're all a bit they're all a bit sort of silly in the way the first one kind of got away with. Yes, I yeah, I agree with that. There's the the one uh, that comes to mind that I've completely forgotten the title of now. It's the uh it's the two guys who are just going on a holiday in the woods and they get mistaken for murderers. What's that then, one? Oh, it's going to really annoy me now, isn't it? And they just they keep doing things accidentally and accidentally killing people and they just <laughs> it's just This sounds great. What is it? I know, sorry. I shouldn't have mentioned it without really what's, what the hell What's who's in it? Do you remember who's in it? <sighs> Hang on. Um, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? I shouldn't have mentioned something if I don't remember what it is. Um, I have to, probably have to come back to that. Uh, okay. What is my favourite joke or observation? Oh, God, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Oh, fair enough then. Well, just because I just can't, I can't remember any jokes. There's comedians I like, uh, but they it kind of goes in in one ear out the other. Really, I don't really retain that knowledge. Um, what is the most outrageous request I've ever received to do a gig script sketch? No money for exposure, etc. How did you handle it? Oh, I'm sure I've had some strange ones. Um, um, I mean, I've been se- I've certainly been sent things where you just think this is appalling, <laughs> but I kind of almost don't want to mention them because you always worry that someone's going to listen and then you'll feel you'll feel terrible. Um, it was it was just this question really came out of people talking about you know there's just some of the audacity that's people. Yeah, have. I mean, definitely the whole kind of thing for exposure. I mean, it's really nice when you get to a point in your career where you go, oh, I don't even need to think about... I can point blank turn that down (laughs) because it's just (laughs) insulting. And you can be like, no, sorry, and you don't have internal thing where you're going, oh, maybe it it is. I I remember I had one guy who um, wanted me for a a film, short film, and he said, let's meet up about it with my my producer and then I met up with him and it was yeah. just him and it was clear that it was kind of a date oh my god yeah that's <laughs> Jesus Christ it was awful and then I had to so I, I I I got it got so awkward and actually it felt really it felt it felt really bad it felt kind of like I'd been tricked yeah and, well yeah and then I, I told him, um, I think I told him to stop contacting him because my boyfriend, my, I had a boyfriend, he didn't like it or whatever, and he got really sort of um, cross, said that I'd been leading him on or something. But I, you leading him on, that's impressive. Yeah, I said, but you, I, you said we were going to talk about your film. It was really <laughs> strange. 
I've got to do that with the next film I make. I've just got to have a go at people for leaving me off. <laughs> yeah. And then just walk away and just leave the game. What? No, wait. Be <laughs> like, what about what about the film? <laughs> wow, that is some serious game. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, that was bad. Oh, that's impressive um, in a depressing, depressing way. But uh, it's uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, by the way. Oh, I've heard of this. I never, I've, I've heard really good things. And it's got, yeah. um, oh, Alan Shudrick, I can't. Shudrick. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant in anything he touches, he's brilliant, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is so good. Do, do hunt it down, because it is yeah, just, it will. it's a comedy of errors, but it's just so well done. And if obviously, if you like horror as you do, you'll spot so many little callbacks and tropes and themes and yeah it's just, it's just a wonderful oh god <laughs> stop trying to help oh great okay brilliant yeah great i will watch that thank you um if only one comedy festival was allowed to survive which one would you fight for and why well obviously the edinburgh fringe festival fair enough i mean it's insane there are other comedy festivals that are great, but the Edinburgh Fringe Festival goes on for a month. So mm. many people are there. There's so many shows on. It kind yeah. of feels, rather than just a sort of weekend, it's a whole way of life for a month. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have really... It's such an intense period. I've done nine of them now, Edinburgh Fringe. And I... They're so intense. I've had some really high i've had highs and really low lows there but that it's brilliant and you see so much stuff and you spend yeah, so yeah. much money <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's, it's 10 grand to, to uh, sleep on a rope swing in someone's garden for a month but apart from that bit yeah, yeah. i'm always lucky because when i go to stay there i've got family up there so i get free accommodation oh, mm. they should start charging you ed fringe rates oh no no thank <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think, well that in that case yes that is very lucky because I've, I've heard some uh, horror stories obviously i think everyone's heard the horror stories. yeah about yeah well it's ridiculous you have to make um and some of some of that is just you have to make the commitment some of that really is just people being i in my view and i'm not in this world i know but people just being very greedy um about what they can get away with for a room yeah for a month but is what it is, I suppose. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Huge diversity, a whole month. Um, you can lose yourself in it, can't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the only thing I'd say, I said, I think I said this on another one. The only thing when I, I've been a couple of times, but um, uh, ages and yeah, years and years ago. Uh, but I didn't realise. And if you're new, if you think you're going next year, do work out geographically where the shows are you're going to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I you got to do that. Interesting, and I didn't think at all because I'd never been. So I oh god, like, so you seemed it's yeah. I seemed it was like in a square. No, and then when I got there, and I actually started going right. So this place is here, and then I'm watching this show 15 minutes later, which is oh, that's um, that's that's a very long way. Yeah. <laughs> so do do a bit of uh, geography when you're booking your shows, but definitely go and see Rosie. Definitely go and see me. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll be doing it again next year. I probably will. But because I've just come back every time, every... But I, it was the same last year. I thought, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and then then I think it got to Christmas and I thought, oh, but I could do a show on this and this would be really fun. And then before you know it, 
that you suddenly find yourself signing up and you're going, what am I doing? I said I wasn't going to do this. And then there yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. That's yeah, so Edinburgh Fringe. Um, do you have a lucky totem that has to attend every show, event or writing room with you? What do you believe would happen if you lost it? No. Who, do people do, do people have that? There's, there, there's been some discussions, I think more earlier on in people's careers, there's been sort of lucky items or they've, you know, and they've taken them with them. But, but I have to say so far that hasn't really been a big thing. No. Established comedians, I'd say more early on. Um, yeah, you think you have your lucky... So it's like the lucky pants thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a good show, therefore I need to wear these at every show kind of thing. I mean, I do wear a blue suit at every show, but that's because I'm pretending what? to be an MP. But, but what do you mean pretending? I don't understand. Today, <laughs> uh, uh, so well, no, uh, yes, that's not technically a lucky totem, but I suppose that, that's your... That's, that's, your just, that's just my costume. It's just yes. my costume. Fair enough. If you haven't got one, you haven't got one. I haven't got one. Um, if you could pretend a sketch radio show, TV show, or film was written by you, which one would you blatantly steal? Hmm. And you can get away with it. I know, obviously, you should never steal other people's work, etc. And I think that's all just a given. But this is this is just for laughs. <laughs> which <laughs> Citizen K? No, that would be stretching it. <laughs> um, because I'm so young and youthful. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I'm trying to think of things I've really enjoyed recently. Um, I mean, I really like... The, the, well, the problem is, is you, you think about... When I start thinking about it, I'm going, yeah, but how would that work? I wouldn't be able to say that I've done that. Like things like Staff Let's Flats, which I yeah. adore. I think it's so funny. But then they go, who are you in it? What are you doing in it? And I'd be like, one of the just say you're 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 just in that you're the, uh, the you're behind the scenes. Um, it doesn't it doesn't matter so much if you think you get away with it. It's just if you if if let's just say an alternative alternative universe, you lay claim to it, and it's just your thing, and no one questions you on it. So it's nab the best show you can you can think of, and that's all it's that's all it's intended to be. Just... Well, I mean, um, books. It'd be great. I could say um, I'd like to say that I wrote Atonement. Wow. Very good book. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Ian, you missed out. Didn't write that one. I did. I got there first. I got there first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. A TV show. I really like The Boys. Do you watch The Boys? I do. Yes. I'm waiting. Hopefully, it's coming back. I don't know if it is or isn't. But no, it is. It's coming. It is. It's coming back. And there's also a spin-off. Called really. Gen X, not yeah. after Twitter, but the uh, <laughs> and it's it's sort of set at an academy and all these aspiring superheroes. Oh, okay, that could, that could be interesting. Is that taking the mick out of X Men then? Uh, a little bit, but like it's the same world universe as the boys, so they're it's all very bloody and violent and all that kind of thing and cynical. I yeah, love that show. I think it's yeah. so. I think. The last series I thought was a bit too on the nose, like mm. in the way that, so for people who don't know, you should check it out. It's not for everyone, but it's, again, it's what my, it's violent and funny, which I love, but it's basically um, 
it's basically set in this world with superheroes, but they're all kind of owned by corporations. And okay. they're if they're kind of absolutely like sociopathic assholes, they're kind of it's all kind of covered up because the corporations make money out of them. And it's just I think it's just a really cool idea. But the last mm. series, it's always sort of mirrored talks about things that are going on today, like the culture wars and stuff, but it really started to do that in quite an obvious way in the mm -hmm. last uh, series, um, yes. where it was all very kind of knowing about culture wars and Trump and all that kind of thing. But yes. it's still, I think it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I, I love that, um, the twist that, like you say, they're owned... Um, yeah, it's all PR and, um, and it's, I, I just I love that rather than being but we're here for the human race it's like no we're here for the money and the, <laughs> the lifestyle yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also I think it's actually quite a believable thing of what would happen if there were superheroes about it. a lot of them would be assholes. Yeah. yes and a lot of them would be being kind of used by these big companies I think there was there was one thing that I know that it's, it comes up every so often where they keep rebooting poor old Superman. He's been booted so many times now. Bless him. Yeah. Uh, but they, they always do this thing about um, when the fear factor of, but what happens if he went rogue or went bad? And it's like, well, you'd be screwed, wouldn't you? If he, if he Because he's he's basically more or less indestructible. And so for a show to actually go, let's actually explore. Yeah. That if, if I mean, because I can't think of the league. Um, oh, who's the... Homelander. The Yes, thank you, Homelander. God, my brain is not working today. When, when he, when you sort of establish who he is, oh, I don't want to really watch it, but he's he's not that nice. Um, he's but, yeah, he's a psychopath. He's basically yeah. psychopathic yeah. Superman. Yeah, but he, he and exactly he plays that role out, and you suddenly go, oh god, yes, it, it would go this bad, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> That's Anthony yeah. Starr who plays Homelander, and he's so good. He is, yeah. He's, he's. I, I sometimes worry. Is he breaking character when they say cut, or is it? <laughs> is he just like that? <laughs> he's so good in that role. He's so inhabited that character. Yeah, utterly lovely um, offset. But yeah, I, I, I think uh, I like to think if you can play someone that nasty. Yes. Then mind you, I'm saying that I can think of lots of actors who do great nasty characters on screen and are nasty off screen. So. Maybe not. There is, but so, I, I, I think he's. I believe he's lovely, Anthony Starr. Let's for now until any until anything changes. Believe he's lovely. Yes. Yes, hundred percent. Plan. Um, name one time you were proud of your work and why. Well, I um I there's sometimes there is a certain sketch that I'll I'll do and I'll put out on the internet and I'll go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was pleased with that. They, I did one in Shamima Bajam, which is actually very short. Right. Um, that kind of went viral. But I was really pleased with that because I'd been wrestling with it all week in my head. I was thinking, how? what's a very simple way I can convey the, the hypocrisy of people who are saying that she has to be... Um, she, should, she should be kicked out of the country and should be stateless. Yeah. And so I was really proud of myself for kind of doing such a short way of uh, of solving that. Um, so I was proud of that. Yeah, I think I think that's a good one to pick as well. That was superb. In a, again, in a depressing way, but the the content was superb. So thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. 
God, it's turning to a bloody love <laughs> No, I think that's a great choice. I genuinely do think that's a great choice because that one did stick with me. I, I mean, you've put out a lot of amazing stuff, but that, yeah, that was a... Yes. But I won't say any more people go and find it and watch it. Go find it, guys. Really yeah. good. <laughs> um, name one time you could have curled up into a ball and let the universe swallow you whole. Oh, I mean... Now, don't be hard on yourself. Just, just pick one. Don't say, "Oh, there's a hundred times or whatever." Just, just. I mean, there is, but well, I, I've, I, you know, I, I remember doing. I mean, there are lots of times, but the one that kind of immediately springs to mind was, and any comedian will know this. I remember doing a gig. I think I did this gig about seven years ago. It was two, three hundred. It was about two, about three hundred, two hundred, three hundred people. Right. Maybe more than that. And I died on my ass. They just did not find me funny. So I went out and I did this set and I literally did a, a ten minute set to complete silence. Oh god. Uh, it was so painful. And I looked at my watch and I felt I, I felt like I'd done my whole set and it was only three minutes because when it when a when it goes yes. badly, because no yeah. one's laughing, it kind of halves the time of everything you've got. And you're not performing it well because you're sort of slightly panicked. But I remember I remember going on the train home and going and actually sort of spasming because I was so yeah. humiliated. And talking to my then boyfriend and going, oh, my God, I never want to do this again. <laughs> That's it for me. It's over. It's awful. <laughs> but it's the weird thing, I think, about performing comedy... Mm. I trained as an actor mm. and doing comedy is a lot scarier because when you die, you die. Yeah. If if in acting you're performing and you're not, um, you're maybe not doing your best show, you, you're still kind of baseline. It's not your words. And yeah. also the audience are not going to, are still going to react in, in a, if you know they'll either if they're, if they're not really laughing that's fine it's a play even if it's a comedy play you can kind of go whatever but mm. if you're a comedian and you're got not getting a laugh you are failing at your job <laughs> quite spectacularly and it's so painful and it's so because it's all on you it's not someone else's words there isn't anyone else on stage you're also often as comedians and it's one of the things I like about the fact that I now do a character because I didn't used mm -hmm. to do a character I used to do straight stand-up is that you just um it feel it feels so personal because you're yes. going I'm making jokes about my life to you and mm -hmm. if you don't laugh at them it's just incredibly depressing <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one you're yeah. sorry no, that's an interesting point, actually, that you say it becomes personal because it's your creation. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, know, completely. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, name one item of memorabilia you have acquired from the circuit that you would happily pull from the fire before anything else, including loved ones. Oh, I don't think I've got any memorabilia. I mean, they're, they're right. usually just sort of old sorts of, passes <laughs> Ed, edinburgh edinburgh passes or or things like that but you don't really tend to take something from um 
from you don't really uh, comedy gigs they don't really give you anything no that's no no well that's yes no, that is true sometimes uh, they give you some some you know sometimes you'll get a, you'll get an alcoholic beverage <laughs> if they're feeling generous they're feeling generous you. but you don't yeah. get anything to take away oh sorry yeah you should be sorry you <laughs> should be sorry <laughs> oh um come on air breathing air <laughs> Sorry, what one thing would you not tell up-and-coming funny people so they can suffer like you did? Yeah, come on. You can go full evil here. We all know you're not evil, so you can go full evil. Um, I mean, the good thing about up-and-coming funny people is however good they are, they will suffer. <laughs> I don't know. If a comedian says to you they have never died on stage, they are lying. Yeah. They are lying. I've I've never I, I I it's just it's just not possible. Because also it's dependent on so many different things. You might have a really brilliant funny set, but audiences are so funny. They it, it sometimes a whole audience will kind of decide how they feel about you and it infects the rest of the audience. Yeah. Also, I remember when I used to live with the comedian Harriet Kemsley mm-hmm. and I used to go and see a lot of her um, shows starting out because when you start in comedy you usually always need a plus one so yes. you're allowed to perform at certain nights and it was really funny watching her sometimes do nights which went down really well and sometimes where it didn't and yeah. it, it would be quite hard to sort of pinpoint why sometimes it was the audience but sometimes it was because you can deliver a line slightly differently and it falls differently and so it, it doesn't it doesn't have the same kind of effect. Um, that's, I mean, that's interesting. I was going to ask a little bit about that, that if, if you're doing a show, as in you've done all the pre-work and you've now got a show, yeah. sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't seem to work. That's, it's just fascinating to me because obviously it's not my world. That, but if it's worked, then it just should work, shouldn't it? You know, I don't necessarily yeah. think room but it should genuine generally work i mean what's what's nice is the more you you do it and the higher up the ladder you get the less Mm. often you die or the less often you have a bad gig because you know you're better at dealing with it when it happens so you can uh, deploy certain skills to kind of get it back but also you're doing a better caliber of gigs of people who've gone there and want to laugh. Often at the beginning, you you are sometimes doing gigs where <laughs> the are you feel like the audience are being held hostage. <laughs> I refuse to laugh. I refuse to laugh. I mean, also, I mean, what what I really like. So I, you know, I do club nights and they usually go down very well, which is lovely. Though I have yeah. had, I still get the odd one where they are going, "Why is this Tory MP on stage?" But <laughs> what I really like doing is my when I'm touring a show because then people are coming, they already like your work, they already like you. So you're yeah. you're kind of um yeah, you've got you've got an audience who there's a baseline, you've still got to work for it and you've but they they, they there's a generosity to you towards you on stage because they're going they're excited to see you and they're thinking I like her stuff. Yeah, because I saw you last in, what was it, Oxford it was, wasn't it? Um, I think it was. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, that, that was very good. Like, there were obviously people there for you, and then there were some who were just waiting and then joined in, and then I think there were a few like, no, 
Yeah. Not no. <laughs> it was a funny gig that I enjoyed it, but it was it was um, it was kind of the it, it wasn't very conducive to my like the the setting wasn't great for my show. No. no. Um, and a lot of the things I had to sort of cut because I thought this isn't going to work in in this space. Yeah. But there was a, it was in a massive marquee, wasn't it? And yes, right, yeah. But then it was quite fun, sort of playing around with it and then sort of charging around the marquee and standing on chairs. I like doing that. I, I thought it was brilliant. You had the um, the giant flag to get changed behind and things. Yes. Wait, wait. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw a change behind a giant flag and usually <laughs> it's very simple because I clip it on the side of the stage and I get an audience member to hold it and then I climb behind it. But there wasn't yeah. really anywhere I could do that because no. um, it was a sort of marquee in the round. It was very strange. It's a very strange yeah. gig to do, but it was fun. It was fun, fun and I, I enjoyed it. I think you solved that problem very expertly by just saying to people, you know, random people, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. Um, oh, yeah. So what, one thing would I tell up and coming people so they could suffer like me? Yeah. So what would I not tell them? Well, I think, um, oh, you know what? I, I, I mean, sometimes people think, oh, you can just go up and, and wing it. <laughs> Just go up and try stuff out. And actually, yeah. if you're not a pro, that's not going to work. No. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to die and burn. <laughs> you're going to die. You're going to crash and burn. <laughs> I think that is that is interesting you said it because there's another interview I did. There's not quite the same conversation, but along the same lines of there is a bit too much sometimes of just give it a go. And it's like, it's not quite that simple you do need to have something to work from don't yeah yeah you You can't just Uh, go oh i'm funny and make people laugh yeah and it's i think it's the same where people where the the lazy um some of the lazy media when they do the overnight success thing it's like no no actually just spend two minutes looking at when they start yeah and how long they've been going and everything they've sacrificed and all the horrendous driving around the country they've done at stupid hours in the morning and and then finally the stars have aligned and, you know, they've got their foot in the door and they're off and everything. But that is not overnight. By yeah. It's divide overnight. It's, it's bloody hard work. Yeah, overnight successes are been going for three years if they're lucky. That's usually overnight successes have been going for about seven years. <laughs> yeah, I would say about seven, about seven to ten years is yeah. normal. But it just staggers me when they say, oh, so-and-so overnight successes. Like, well, hang on, I remember them from... Yeah. <laughs> and i do i do just worry now with this cult of um what feels like sometimes no hard work celebrity you know the shows where they just throw normal people on who now know they need to act up and be outrageous to try and make a career out of it yeah that sort of breaks it a bit that but you need to go through like you said earlier you know you need to go through the hard bits you need to go through the tough times you need to you need to sort of work out what doesn't work for you what and, and learn what is your character your thing you know yeah your, yeah you know and that that can only come from trying you know you can't just like you say you can't just truck up and say i'll just chuck some stuff out there and i'll immediately be signed up by all the streaming channels yeah it's, no it just it, no no please don't do that no it takes time yeah it really does but i suppose if you want to um <laughs> <laughs> give it a go but just, yeah. just see what happens. Suck it in, see. Yeah, it's fine. Just don't bother. No prep whatsoever. Just stand up 
and whatever comes to mind, just say it. Yeah. 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 That'll definitely work for you. So now I think that's a really good one to not tell people. Just just tell them to not bother with any press. Um, <laughs> See <just>, happens. <laughs> Same if you want to get into acting. Don't bother with learning the lines or anything. Just turn up and wing it. Yeah. You'll be fine. See what happens? They're all improvising it. <laughs> it's all improvised. Everything. Where you stand, what you say, where you look. It's all just improvised. Do what you like. Yeah. The crew, the crew will work through that with you, so don't worry about it. That's all it is. Yeah, I love it. By the way, for the people in my next film, do not do that. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> right, um, outside of comedy, what else do you enjoy doing and what would be your ideal career? Well, um, I mean, yes, so uh, I, I'm a comedian. Uh, I'm, I'm also, but I'm writing a book at the moment, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And I obviously trained as an actor. But what else do I enjoy doing? Well, I enjoy... Uh, I enjoy going for walks in nice places like an old person. I like, I like a, I like a good, so like I'd like to go somewhere like the Brecon Beacons and just walk around. I really adore food. I adore eating. My poor boyfriend took me to a restaurant on my birthday, Aww. and it wasn't a good restaurant. And literally, I mean, I was so upset. And he was, he was like, the, he said to me the other day, the only time we've ever fallen out has been over food. Food. Wow. I was like, well, it's important. Yeah. So I like, I like food. I like being fed good food. I like going to restaurants. I like cooking too. I like cooking good food, but I prefer to be eating it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that <laughs> point. I, I'm sorry, I've just got this image now of you walking around the Brecon Beacons with like a tartan... Um, thermos flask and you know yeah. that kind of thing just doddering around <laughs> that's why i want to yeah i want to walk around the break of me i want to walk somewhere which is really gorgeous L- long ideal day would be like a long walk and then stopping like for like a cream tea maybe in the afternoon oh big shout yeah doing a bit more walking then having like going to a nice wine bar and having some really good wine and then going out for a really good meal. That's, that's what I want. That, that does actually sound like a rather superb day, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think that's a great choice. I think cream tea and, and a great evening meal combined with some walking in a nice place. That's what, what, I what do. I like. But I do, that's what I like. I like walking and eating. I don't think I could do that as a career. <laughs> I don't know. Surely, pitch it to the to BBC. Yeah, or something. I was like, I just want to walk around and eat. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, it's I, worked. There's been a number of shows, hasn't there? Now where people people just seem to have said, "Can I go to all these countries and look at stuff?" Yeah, you're and right. I I could so. surely do something similar. Well, I'll walk around and eat. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be really good. I think that's brilliant. Hello, hello, everyone who's a producers and whatnot. If you're listening, then Rosie eats the world, or whatever you wish to call it. Let's get Rosie, and let's get around the world, sampling foods, only from the best places. Yeah, only the best places. <laughs> Walking and eating. But Walking and eating. Walking and eating. But, I mean, my ideal career, it's funny, my, my idea of what I wanted for my career has changed. I used to be obsessed with wanting to be an actor, mm-hmm. and now... You know, I'm I'm going up for acting parts, but obviously the main thing I do is 
um, character comedy. And I love doing that because you're kind of in control of it and you're writing your own thing. And now the idea of just acting feels really... Um, I, I don't think unfulfilling um, mm. because I like doing something which com- combines not just acting but also writing yes. and creating and all those things together. Uh, yeah. I mean, ideally, I want to get to a place where I'm... I'm acting in things, other people's things. I'm doing my own work, and it's really yeah. critically acclaimed. That's what yeah, I'd like. Yeah. And I have a show on TV. Great, my own show. Brilliant. Rosie Holt show done. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Why not? I just I like that idea. Yeah. That's what I'd like. Um, I, I think the, the freedom thing of when it's yours and you can you can hone it. And yes, you are going to some may possibly fall on your sword sometimes, but. The fact you've got that control is is joyous because yeah. you know um, when you're acting. You, I mean, obviously, I expect once you're up in the stratosphere of acting, you have far more say. But for most actors, it's very much do what you're told to do, and and you, you're limited. Obviously, you have to bring a character to the role, but you're still limited in how far you can push that. Yeah, um, yeah, completely. So it's nice it's yours, and you can just say, well, it's going to be this. Yeah, I'm going to make it that, and and I've written it, so it's all me, and that's a really nice takeaway, isn't it? That yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd like. That's what yeah. I'd like, please. Come on, BBC. Oh, BBC. <laughs> um, what is the one question you want to be asked that no one ever thinks to ask you? Oh, what's an interesting question? <laughs> that one, that's the question I want to be asked that no one ever asks me. <laughs> that's a great answer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what people, what I want to be asked that people haven't asked me. Fair enough. I mean, usually, I think the nice thing actually about podcasts is because they're a lot more freeform. Yes. If you really want to talk about something, you can kind of fit it in there. Yes. Somehow. (laughs) It's amazing how many podcasts I've managed to get in 80s horror movies. (laughs) Like you have here? Yeah. Yeah. I like talking about it. I like thinking about them. I will often, <laughs> I will often get them in. Oh, I love it! I love it. someone just asking you a question about your next show, and then ten minutes later, you're still talking about an eighties horror show. Yeah. And you're like, hang on a minute, I've been derailed completely. And I'll go, oh, well, Basket Case is a very good film. <laughs> <laughs> Has one rather distasteful scene in it, but they all did in those days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of like that. I think subvert. I, why not? Um, I like the idea you've gone on every you've gone on every podcast and and they just go look Rosie just to be clear do not talk about eighties horror oh, on this podcast awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then five minutes in you're off eighties horror and yeah like, oh, nice take <laughs> oh my god not again not again <laughs> but fine that's a, I mean that's that's a that's a great answer so um, right so. Uh, Thank you so much. A big thank you to Rosie for that interview. If you'd like to know more, there'll be links in the show notes. This has been an original podcast production for Like My Two Productions, copyright 2023. Thank you.